0: i want to preface this message by saying that this is uh, the beginning of a new series. Uh, we're actually going to spend a couple of weeks in the first chapter of the book of Philippians. So four parts to one chapter of Philippians. And it might sound overwhelming to spend that much time in one book for us, but I think there's an awful lot in there uh, to look at. And actually, um, I changed the title of this particular message, so what you see inside of the, Uh, Bulletin is a little bit different, but it's the first uh, sermon title is going to reflect actually the the sermon series itself. And it's called Good Things Are Coming, which might sound very daunting to us. It might sound like how on earth could that possibly be? But I promise by the end of this message, I think that we might be a little bit more uplifted um, about our situation. All right. After pulling three double shifts in a row, will a hotel clerk was worn out. He had been greeting people all day at the front desk, and on his break, he went to the hotel restaurant to grab a bite to eat. When his food came, he bowed his head to pray a blessing over his food. Half asleep, with his mind in a fog, he prayed, good evening, Holiday Inn, how can I help you? (laughs) Now, if you think that's funny, This, (laughs) this, <laughs> As ridiculous as it sounds, this actually happened to me one time. As funny as it sounds, uh, I was in seminary at the time, working for my dad, answering phones at his office. And uh, I would constantly, all day, on the phone, be saying, Good afternoon, Dr. Sang's office. This is Bill speaking? How can I help you? And after spending all this time uh, studying, focusing on my seminary studies, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, just answering phones all day, eventually this ended up happening to me. When I answered the phone, I said, "Good afternoon, Dr. Sang's office. This is God speaking." And then, how can I help you? <laughs> I had to transfer the line to somebody else because I couldn't stop laughing and I think the patient couldn't stop laughing either. So So these days, they're they're stressful days. There's a lot of uncertainty in our country right now. That's needless to say, I don't even have to tell you that. Um, And when it seems like all the chaos and bad news are over, Something new happens that seems to make things worse. Today, I want to reassure you, reassure you that good things are coming. I started watching a, a television series that you can actually find on, a, on an app on your uh, smartphone called The Chosen. And it's a series of episodes about the life of Jesus, and it's remarkably inspirational, and I encourage every one of you and everybody uh, who's watching online to find a way to watch it. There's a scene that I've watched this week that I want to share with you. So this particular episode, it's episode three, and Jesus is sitting and he is teaching these little children. Beautiful, beautiful scene. And one of the children is recalling a conflict that he had with another child where this child had shoved him. And so he said that, and he shoved me, so I shoved him so hard that he fell down. And Jesus, uh, first of all, explained why what he did was wrong. But then he also explained that he understood why he did it too. He said, I know you children love justice, right? Of course, they all nod their head, yeah, we love justice. And he said, you know who else loves justice? He pointed up to the sky and he said, God loves justice, but vengeance belongs to the Lord. I'm going to challenge you right now to banish thoughts of hopelessness. I will never deny the reality that something sinister is afoot. And maybe from a worldly perspective, the darkest days are ahead of us, but God is good and from an eternal perspective, the best is yet to come. And that must be our attitude as we move forward. One day at work, my, one of my co-workers asked me if I would help him in processing something because he couldn't quite get the scanner to input it quite correctly. So I told him, I was like, sure, I'll help. I was born to scan. Scanning is my thing. You've never seen anybody scan the way that I scan. Obviously, I was kidding. I, I, maybe there are people who are called in this life to be scanners. I mean, it's just a very simple process, but sometimes it can, uh, it can have certain uh, setbacks. So I went ahead, I helped him out, scanned it in, and then within seconds, somebody else said, Bill, can you come over here? I'm having a really hard time scanning this in. So I gave him the same old spiel and uh, came over. I pointed the scanner at the product, Clicked the button, green light appeared, it was done. It was scanned and the task was complete. The other day I heard a radio host talking about the chaos happening in our world. And then he asked himself a very important question. He said, if you had the choice to be alive at any time in American history, when would it be? And he challenged us to ask ourselves this exact same question. He went ahead and he answered the question. He said, if I had a chance to be alive at any time in American history, it would be today. We know that we are called for such times as this. Just like I was called to scan in those products at just the right time. (laughs) (laughs) We are called for such times as this. Because God, he will do good work in and through us. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, as we read, says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I find these words to be some of the most encouraging in the entire Bible. and The Bible is a big book, <laughs> and these words tell us If Jesus Christ started a good work inside of you, he's going to make sure that work comes to completion. If the Holy Spirit is behind it, you can be sure it's going to come to pass. The good work inside of us can be described in the following verses, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, where Paul prays that your love may abound more and more, that you may be able to discern what is best And that you would be filled with the fruit of righteousness. In Philippians chapter 1 verses 3 through 5, Paul says this. I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from from the first day until now. There are three things that Paul is revealing to us inside of these verses that we can apply directly to our lives to help to give us a more heavenly focused mind. Before I do that, I want to point out that I understand that these days there are some strange things going on uh, with, say, social media. You know, the beautiful thing that we have as the church is, and nobody can take this away from us no matter how hard they try. They've been trying since the inception of the church, 2,000 years ago, they cannot stop us from gathering no matter how hard they try. We have our social gatherings. We can share our ideas. We can speak freely. We can rejoice in Jesus Christ together as a church. And here are the three things to help us to keep our minds focused on the heavenly goals that God has for us. Number one, the Apostle Paul, you'll notice in these verses, thank God God whenever he remembered the Philippians. He remembered how much joy they brought to him. And he thanked God for them. So I think that when we remember one another, we remember the good works that we are all doing, that we thank God for that. Not just for the things that we're doing and we see him doing in our lives, but for the good that we see him doing in one another's lives. And I tell you what, I see God doing good things in the lives of you people. And I thank God for that. Number two, he prayed for the Philippians. He took time to ask God to take care of their needs. And so he didn't just think about the things that he needed inside of his life. He saw that they had their needs too. In fact, they were taking care of his needs very well. And so he said that he was praying that God, in turn, would take care of theirs too. Number three, he saw the Philippian church as a partnership to him. They were his team. And we did a series this past year on the importance of gathering together as a church. And this is exactly why we need to be teamed up with other God-fearing people to strengthen and to encourage one another. The enemy's goal is to separate us, is to isolate us, is to keep us from interacting and reminding of each other of the joy and the power that we have in the body of Jesus Christ. It also seems as though Paul was always asking for or offering prayer in all circumstances. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3 say, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord May spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people for not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Isn't that a wonderful promise that God gives us there? All the fear and anxiety that we have that God says in his word, he will protect us from the evil one. Now God is still making us into what he wants us to be. And so long as you live, have confidence of this. God has a plan for you. His plans are good and your obedience will be rewarded. Trust God that even though the devil is angry and he thrashes about the world violently, he only acts out because he knows that his time is short. We need not be distracted by the evil in our country, and we certainly must not unify with it. Remember, good things are coming for those who put their trust in the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, and I'll wrap it up with this. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that everybody here is encouraged, as your word encourages me, as the truth spoken in your word are true. Lord, you're our protector. You encourage us. You don't just have a plan for us as individuals. You have a plan for us as a church. And Father God, as I think about the things happening in our world, I can't help but to think that the devil has made a horrible, horrible mistake. And Lord, that your church is going to rise up in a way that maybe hasn't been seen before. And though that stinky little serpent that we call the devil tries to throw us off. We know, Lord, your word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And in this we know. That good things indeed are coming. We praise you, we thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.